I love Sabisco every day. But then you got Tony Shivani. Looks like a fucking village person, doesn't he? Yes. That sucks, man. I understand where we are. That's not the point. I'm trying to. You're just talking about his, uh, you know, the rapatenda. Yeah, man. It makes you feel young in your soul, even though you're still old in your pants. He's 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 mad at Hulkster because Hulkster was boning Andre the Jai, and now this Jai all of a sudden was a fucking Hogan fan. But this match was so fucking good. I mean, you think that fucking thousands of liquored up bikers aren't going to rev their engines for the mass spot? The revving of the engine or the revving of the woman, you tell me. Wow. Get a hog wild! I gotta mash my hog! Get your hogs out! Slide one in there! Who gives up? What the fuck is going on? Stop it! Stop it! Thought they finished me off right there! But they didn't! My hog was still going wild, Tamer! You're fucking lying, Tamer! I got a pride machine between my legs! Get hog wild! Look like at the wild hog! They wanted it! It's a second. Could you edit this shit out? Get your shit together. It's the year of Duke and Rogue. I'm your host, Duke Bags. Kevin Rogue. And today we are reviewing WCW Hogwild. Hogwild! Hogwild! There's bikes galore, man. It's cool. all about the bikes. Yeah, neat. You like the bikes? Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm just going to say I'm not an anti-bike guy, but I'm an anti-wrestling match at a bike rally. Kind of guy. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. It's not the, like, it's not the worst idea ever. I don't think it's the worst idea ever. It's not the worst. No. They put on a free show at Sturgis that the free show part of it might be a bad idea. I don't know. But it was, well, I mean, talk to me about the open. How do you feel about the open? Well, we get a little history lesson from Shivani. <laughs> <laughs> got the WCW helicopter flying all over the Black Hills, seeing some of the sights and sounds, and the the revelers there at the biker rally. I mean, uh, it's so it's different. It's definitely different. It's pretty far out. And at one at one point in the open, I believe Tony Shivani says. A pride machine between your legs. I think that's, I, I might be misquoting here a little bit. That might be how I heard it, not how he said it, but I'm, I'm almost positive he said a pride machine between your legs. And I was like, hell yeah, I got a pride machine between my legs. Let's get hog wild because I got a wild hog. That's what he's talking about, man. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. Got my pride machine ready. <laughs> so. Got a pride pounder. Pride pounder? Pride machine pound. Hogwild! <laughs> so there was no backup plan for this in case it rained or stormed, which I thought was kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, because then you're kind of lucky there. 
your money's gone then. <laughs> they, they don't give you your money back when that shit happens when you order the pay-per-view. You ever seen a... You don't see too many shows outside. You ever seen an event where it rained? Yeah, WrestleMania a couple years ago. It rained during the yeah. during the show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had Samoa Joe was on commentary in a, like a rain poncho. It was great. Wow. I actually like the sound of that. Yeah, it delayed the show. It was add some, it was add some, else, yeah. some more elements in there. Anyways, this happened on a Saturday, so you know what that means. WCW Saturday night served as a big long pre-show, so fans in attendance were treated to a four or five hour show. That's pretty nice. Yeah, you I think bet they only be- remember about an hour and a half of it, but you would assume all the all the fans here. Or all the bikers here are wrestling fans. It's hard to say. I but. I think that maybe it. Uh, I mean, if you were anywhere remotely near a show, right, and say, even at this, like it's a rally, right? There's a, a, a hundred thousand people there, probably more. I don't know what the exact numbers are. A ton of people go out to this gimmick, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Hey, there's a free wrestling show. Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan are going to be there." If you even remotely watched wrestling at any point and they're like, you can go see Hulkster and Rick for free, you're going to go. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was a quick rundown of the happenings on WCW Saturday night. We had the public enemy taking on Rough and Ready. Yes. You like Dirty Rough Dicks. and Ready? Not as much as I like Dirty Dick and Bunkhouse, but, uh, you know, I. Bunkhouse is gone, so now you need uh, Mean Mike Enos. Nice to see the enemy and the, the Nasties taking on different opponents for once. Yeah. This is probably the first time in their run they've taken on different <laughs> opponents, but Public Enemy gets the win. You think both teams went to management and they're like, can we work with somebody that sells? <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. I think so. It's possible. We had Conan uh, defeating Chavo Guerrero. The Nasties defeating High Voltage. What do you got on High Voltage? Uh, Rage and Chaos. High Voltage. They were worldwide mainstays, weren't they? They were on worldwide. They weren't absent from Nitro. I think they did a lot of like opening or second matches on Nitro, especially when they expanded to uh, to the two-hour mark, I believe. I'm familiar with the tag team. I know I've seen them multiple times. Maybe they're Saturday Night Specials. Just a mm. Saturday Night Special. <laughs> right. Some nasties picked up the win, and then for some reason, Mean Gene got into the ring and interviewed the Nasty Boys. Never a great it, move, putting a microphone in front of the Nasties. No, no. You got to do them in short spurts. You need like 15, 20 seconds. So they just be like, you know, we're Nasties, and then they can move on. But did they, I didn't catch this. Did they talk to them about uh, NWO? Yeah, they yeah. Uh, yeah, they're talking about, you know, their friendship with the Hulkster and where they stand and where the Hulkster stands. Right. And Nobbs kind of just says, you know, he stands where he stands. We're in, we're standing at Nastyville. <laughs> Terrible <Awesome>. promo. <laughs> but told us what we needed to know. Stick to the right. Just the facts. Yeah. So was that a was that a uh, was that a jab at Sturgis when he said he was standing in Nastyville? Uh, he's right where he belongs at Sturgis. Seems like, yeah. I think Nick Nasty's fit right in there. Yeah, your guy, Alex Wright, taking down the Earl Robert in <laughs> under a minute. 
Well, of course, that's all he needs to take care of the Bob Earl. And this one, you'll you'll like this next one here. We got the Dungeon of Doom. How many of them? We got Ming. Yep. Kevin Sullivan. Okay. And Max. No barbs. I don't think the barbs involved in this one. No. All right, just double X Max. Gotcha. And they take on the unholy trinity of Mark Starr, Joe Gomez, and Jim Powers. So I like Mark Starr, man. Mark Starr, he was. Uh, yeah, I think he had a bright future. Is he the team captain? You think here? If yeah, I mean, if I was managing that team, I would absolutely make Mark Starr the captain. Mm. He had some real fucking bangers on worldwide like five star worldwide matches really oh yeah you ever get any sort of a push no no i remember him losing to goldberg on multiple occasions yeah probably about 103 of his uh 178 (laughs) whatever the hell it was so the dungeon of doom picks up the victory next up who'd they pin uh i think it was gomez Okay, I was going to say it's not Mark Starr. <laughs> this is a bit of a melee. All these are pretty short and sweet. Uh, we had the Squire Dave Taylor defeating JL. Mm. And what do you why do you think they put the mask on JL? That was his character. He was Mr. JL for a while. Is he Jerry Lynn before that or only only after? Uh- so I I'm not positive exactly on the you know like the timeline of his character, but I'm pretty sure he was Jerry Lynn. And then uh, I mean I talked to him about it one time, probably boy, maybe 15 years ago now. But I talked to him about it when I met him uh, the first time that I met him, and he said that one of his favorite matches was a mask versus mask match that he lost his mask. Uh, huh. So he had he definitely had that character for a while. Yeah, great, great wrestler, great guy, Jerry Lynn. Fantastic person. You got to see him on his uh, farewell tour there in the Twin Cities. Yeah, saw him at the, his retirement match. Uh, a couple more quick ones. DDP continued his reign of, and he, he hasn't really lost this year at all. He defeated the Renegade, which, I mean, everybody's going to defeat the Renegade. But but beating the Renegade is still kind of like a loss because you had to face the Renegade. <laughs> right. Yeah, and Renegade on the pre-show. And then in our last match, Arn Anderson defeated Hugh Morris in about 30 seconds. We just walk out, DDT him, and walk walk away? Pretty much. Gotcha. Now we're on to the main card here. So this took place on August 10th, 1996, the day before the Hulkster's 43rd birthday. Opening up, we got Rey Mysterio Jr. defending his cruiserweight title against the Ultimate Dragon. Now, before we dive before we dive into this match, can we can we just take a minute to uh, to talk about the announced team's attire? Yes. Yeah. Good. Good. So, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes is in a cutoff jean shorts. Sounds about right. High, high cutoffs, too. <laughs> high enough where you know that he's not a boxer guy, right? He's not wearing briefs. He's got that get, got that denim uh, sleeveless button-up. Yeah. He kind of matches. <laughs> I don't know. 
Sure. I mean, well, it's a denim on denim look, and, you know, I don't stand for that. But then you got Tony Shivani. looks like a fucking village person, doesn't he? He looks like the biker from the village people. <laughs> Shivani is clearly trying to embrace the biker lifestyle. Yeah, it doesn't suit him. He's got a tattoo. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> I don't Shivani think that got a tattoo at Sturgis. I don't think that kept. He's got his leather biker hat. He's got his jean jacket vest. Doing his best to look like a tough guy. I don't think Shivani can could ever pull off a tough guy. No, no, he doesn't have a like a tough guy look. You got anything on Bobby's gear? Yeah, you know, I mean, out of all of mine, Bobby looked the best. He also looked the most out of place, but he looked the best. Maybe Gene. Gene probably looked more out of place now that I think about it. But <laughs> Gene had a similar denim on denim. But the, the high back, wild cap. Like the backdrop was cool. When they did the intro and they had the uh the announce teams out there kind of talking to the camera, obviously. Like to see the 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 backdrop was actually kind of cool. Like the mountain kind of the terrain out there. I, that wasn't a bad look. It was just I mean, why do you gotta make these guys dress up during every event? It's not Halloween. Like the announce team dressing in denim for Road Wild or having fucking Hawaiian shirts on for Bash at the Beach, whatever it is, don't make them do that. I mean, I can understand me and Gene and Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart wearing their hog wild jackets and hats, you know, right, trying, trying to, to sell move, a product. Move some merch, yeah. But I, I agree. So this opening contest, Ray had uh, just few days prior had won the cruiserweight title from Dean Malenko on Nitro. And we get a lot of USA chants coming from the crowd in this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Sturgis, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess Ray is a 619 guy, so that's technically correct, but they he's billed from Tijuana, Mexico. Right. So, and how do they know? I mean, Ultimo Dragon could be he could be from Albuquerque. He could be anybody. Right. And Sonny Ono, he could definitely he could definitely be I think he's I don't know, he, Tallahassee. He lives in Iowa. Well, he lives, he resides now in Iowa, but I mean at the time he, he could have been from Tallahassee. You never know where people are from. I like the Dragons get up with the green cape and he's got it together. It is pretty cool, but I thought maybe they do a little bit better job on the entryway. Like, they got to walk over all that gravel to get to the ring. That kind of sucks. You think they roll out a carpet for him? Yeah, carpet would have worked, yeah. The elevated platform, though, for the ring, was that wasn't bad. But I kept it, when I was watching it, I kept on thinking, like, what a son of a bitch that would have to be to try and level out that ground. You get to level out the ground, and then you build the platform, and then you build the ring on top of the platform. Like, that, that had to be a real pain in the ass. Right. Big project for sure. Yeah. So yeah, the rig's elevated a couple of feet. It's on like a platform and there's, you know, they got a little bit of space to work with on the outside and then it's just, uh, then you just got dirt pretty much. <laughs> just, you just got dirt. So Ray had recently been, uh, the victim of a attack by the new world order he famously got lawn darted into the yep. equipment truck yeah. <laughs> on episode of monday nitro we got, got mike out by... there 
What's that? Say another, another great line by Larry Zabisco. Larry Zabisco is so fucking underrated. But that was another Larry Zabisco line. He threw him like a lawn dart. Everybody remembers that. Yeah. Zabisco hasn't been getting any love on these pay-per-views. I love Zabisco every day. Every day? Every day, man. Well, he's a living legend, so. Mm-hmm. So, Tanae's out in the booth right away. I mean, this is a fast-paced match. We got, I mean, a couple highlights. Running powerbomb by the, the Dragon look good. Always. We get, you know, some superior, you know, technical shit happening with the hold with submissions, reversals. They're trading off flips and whatnot. Right. And... At, at one point, Ray embraces the USA chant. Yes. Yep. <laughs> because he is Why not? a good guy after all. Right. He does and it works. But, this is, yeah, this is a great opening match. I, I like a, a hold that the Dragon does. It's like a torture rack, mm-hmm. but he, he holds him uh, facing the opposite direction on his shoulders, and then he drops him into a backbreaker. It's a yeah. great combo move. It was the uh, what they call it. The, the he did, pulled off a Romero special. Oh yeah, yeah. Caesar <laughs> Romero special. Bobby the Brain shines <laughs> with a Caesar Romero. That's a great call. So these two do get get down in the dirt off of the pedestal at one point. Oh, on you're talking outside. about Ray springboarding all the way. Oh yeah, he went all the way. All the way. That was a that's that's a huge jump, because I'm guessing that platform up was probably what you think that platform is probably four feet. Uh, it's it's not quite four feet, but two three feet for sure. I, I two feet. He hit no him way. from he hit him from the ring. Yeah, he springboard out of the ring all the way down to the ground, past the platform. I mean that that's that was huge. That was a giant leap. A lot of faith in Ultimo to to be pulling that shit. So, yeah, well, you know, for about 10 minutes, these guys exchange planchas, reversals, springboards. Mysterio ends up getting the victory with the springboard Hurricane Rana from the top rope. We get a chorus of honks and revving of bikes (laughs) from the audience. That sucks, man. That sucks. That, that, oh, man. Is that a distraction for you in this show? Giant distraction. All right, and I, I don't. I'm not an anti-bike guy, but boy, do I fucking hate motorbikes at my my wrestling events. <laughs> the honking, the revving mm. the engine. Like, what point? What does it do? Like, what does it do? Revving your engine. <laughs> Who gives up? What the fuck is going on? Stop it! Stop it! And then they honk their horn. Yeah, we like it. They honk the horn. <laughs> honk honk. Fuck you. I'm trying to enjoy, like, if you were a fan, right, that just happened to say you lived an hour outside of Sturgis, mm-hmm. and you're like, shit, there's going to be a free event, I'm going, and you go there, and there's a bunch of assholes just revving their engines and honking the horns, wouldn't you be pretty pissed off? We are at a motorcycle rally. I understand where we are. That's not the <laughs> point I'm trying to make. Wouldn't you be upset? It could get annoying. You know, wouldn't you be like, hey, guys, stop it. What if, what if you had a bike? I sure shit wouldn't be an asshole revving it up for no reason. You and I don't un- No, I don't understand what revving the engine does for any anybody. Does that prove that you got a bigger dick? 
you, you feel that machine between your legs, man. We talked about this. The pride machine between my legs. <laughs> machine, yeah. That's my cook. So I don't understand why. Like, I just, I've never understood that. I've never gotten it. You, sometimes you see these assholes come up to stop signs and rum, rum, rum. <laughs> go to hell, man. Just go to hell. That is annoying. Yeah. So to yeah, have that, that, to have that while I'm trying to enjoy Ray and Ultimo Dragon, man, not cool, not fun. <laughs> And WCW at this time doesn't really need more shit for us to poorly critique it, right? They don't need the fans to do this shit to us. That is correct. It is getting better, though. It is getting better. I mean, hell, hell of a contest to start off the event here. We get sent to to Gene, who's, who's like I mentioned earlier, he's got his Hogwild jacket, his Hogwild hat, plugging the hotline. Some folks being spotted out at Sturgis who might be in line to join the NWO, he says. Ooh, hey. Wish I could call that hotline, man. Yeah, me too. But Tony talks about the rally. Then we get the, the WCW helicopter that provides some cool shots around the area. We get that throughout the night. That's not bad. Next up, fire and ice explode. <laughs> <laughs> man. So, okay, are you more of a ice train or are you more of a flash Steiner guy? I mean, I was thinking the winner of this should be a Steiner, right? That, okay, yeah. And I, so I was watching this and I was like, man, both these guys could definitely be Steiners. But if you throw Craig Pitbull Pittman, make it a three way, winner gets to be a Steiner. That's pretty good. I'd probably take Scotty Flash. Boy, Flash had a lot more longevity to his career, but. I think Ice Train was Hometown pretty boy. good, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, he's you know state of Minnesota kind of guy. But I think in real life, I think those two kind of clashed. I think I've read that or heard somebody say that before. Mm. And it kind of, you know, the, the the match work that they do in this kind of says that maybe they don't like each other. But I think that I was more of an Ice Train guy. He just disappeared too quick. At some point, Scotty Flash joined the New World Order, and I think yeah, Ice Train got got put on the train and sent out of town. You think they put him down at the power plant? I bet he spent some time down there. Oh, yeah. So Ice Train's all bandaged up. Apparently, he got assaulted earlier on by the Ja, who will be defending his world title later on tonight. And this is a pretty boring match. Yes. Yeah. I was, you know, I was surprised. I didn't expect this, this mm -hmm. match. This kind of surprised me because uh, it didn't seem like they'd been together too long, really. But, I mean, the Scotty Flash goes to work on the arm, pretty much works the arm the whole time. Um, I think Norton gets the win with the, with the, with the arm bar. <laughs> yeah. And the dream, so the dream talks about uh ice train having a bad rapatenda yeah it's got uh, rapatenda he says rapatenda a few times yeah and bad rapatenda I, I i looked it up on the online to see if i could get a definition for rapatenda that there's nothing yeah what do you suppose he's referring i think he's just talking about his uh you know the rapatenda yeah that's kind of what i figured yeah it's in the shoulder Lower, that's the rapid area. Lower back, middle area. 
Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And Steiner, I mean, well, Scotty Flash Steiner hits a couple of blows to to his former tag team partner after after the bell rings. Was did did the train submit or did the referee just call this one? I think he just called it from from my recollection. So I didn't really care for this match, but I'll tell you what I did like about it. It still had a story in it. Uh, it wasn't a big like tag team like blow off, I guess, which is what they were going for, but it didn't have that type of a feel to it. But Train comes in with an injured arm. Norton attacks the injured arm, taps him out with the arm bar. It makes perfect, like the, the match itself made perfect sense. There just wasn't much in it to be excited about. There wasn't anything in it really that I found too enjoyable outside of the this makes sense aspect of it. And wrestling doesn't always have to make sense, but this is one of those those things where he came to the ring with his arm wrapped. If you're a fighter, smart man, you're going to go for that. And he did. And he submitted him or, you know, the ref called it, however it ended with Norton going over with that arm bar. So that's the part that I liked about it. He had his knee pads around his shins, which I didn't quite understand. The ice train? Nah. The flash. The flash? Uh. Yeah. So, but it was, it was fine. It wasn't good. I didn't, like I said, it wasn't a good, it didn't do much for me. But just watching, like I say, that that uh, attack the arm bit that was that was great. It was you know just a straight wrestling match with a straight finish, right? Which is kind of nice for a change, actually. Yeah, but it does seem dull, you know, considering that most most of the rest of these matches end with some sort of funny business. Yeah, but not a great match. But you know, you win some and you lose some, and. Scotty Flash Norton Steiner gets the victory tonight. We get a heartfelt interview with Ric Flair. <laughs> Talking about how the NWO took out double A. You hurt my friend. Loyalty to WCW. You hurt my friend. I mean, they've been, he and double A have been hanging and banging for 15 years at this point. You hurt my friend. The guy that I hang and bang. It was one and only. You hurt you, you hurt my one and only. I did the enforcer it, here. Right. I he can do the he's done a couple of these promos. There's I remember him on Monday night Nitro doing one as well, just sitting in a chair. Like the heartfelt promo is not it's not as enjoyable from the <laughs> it's nature. It's not what as, you want for Brick. Yeah, no, not at all. And I get it, you gotta show levels to the character, but boy, that was that was not that was not enjoyable. You want to see Ric Flair hooting and hollering and right. t- telling us, you know, about what he's going to do and whose wife he's going to steal next, you know? Right, yeah. He's going to make some lucky man's wife a woman. <laughs> right? But he's, he's all business in this promo. Yeah. He's telling us that the NWO and WCW cannot coexist, and he's going to take on the winner of the world title match coming up at our next event which is later on later on the week here in 96 the clash of the champions we get some more clips of the bikes we get a commercial for the official hog wild jacket t-shirt <laughs> 89.95 for that jacket would you right now sure yeah but it's denim that's the only problem i have with it denim was big at this time 
Yeah, and I can't like I'm a jeans guy, so I can't really wear a jean jacket because then I'm you know denim on denim. I don't want to mm. want to be a hypocrite, but I mean maybe just to put in like a case to display it. You wouldn't wear it though. I wouldn't wear it. No. Yeah. I wonder how many of those they sold. Ninety bucks for a denim jacket in '96. Boy, I wish I would have thought to do the fucking math on that one. I didn't though. It's got to be like a couple hundred bucks now. Mm, yeah, probably around. I would guess around at least 160, 170. Well, Jimmy Hart's doing his best uh, best to sell the product. I mean, when you think a tough guy with a hog wild, hog wild gear, you don't really think Jimmy Hart, but you know, no, yeah. does his best. Next up, we got the Battle of the Bikes. I know you're looking forward to this one. <laughs> this is. Uh, I laughed really hard because they're like, "Oh man." The, you get to you get to mash the the, the the winner gets to mash the loser's hog, and I was like, man, that sounds like everybody's a winner. Got a hog wild. Get a hog wild. I got to mash my hog. <laughs> I laughed really hard. with like, yeah, the winner gets to smash the loser's hog. It's like with their butt. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. What a weird well, stipulation for a match, too. Only at Hogwild. Well, yeah, it wouldn't have made sense. Like <laughs> Halloween Havoc, loser gets to mash the loser's winner gets to mash the loser's hog. Like it doesn't work at Halloween Havoc. No, no. The crowd did did seem to get into this one though. Yeah, Nakano came down with nunchucks. She had a nunchuck. <laughs> she had a nunchuck. <laughs> Dusty goes nuts. I mean, that's a disqualification right off the bat. You can't bring a damn nunchuck into the ring. Yeah, but I think that they had, uh, what's the word? It distracted the official. Mm. So then yeah, I Sonny Ono's out there. That would, that would make sense. Can't call what you don't see. So Bull's looking scary. These two feuded in the Federation prior to this. And I think that for a long time, they're the only two that faced each other in the women's division in both WCW and, <laughs> yeah. and the Federation. At one point, the brain asks how much uh, Bull Nakano weighs. And Tony's like, oh, I wouldn't ask her that. And brain's like, oh, she's got to be about 200 pounds. 200 pound woman's like a 400 pound man. <laughs> 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 what do you think oh, of that Bobby. take? Oh, Bob. It's, you agree uh, a 200 pound woman's like a 400 pound man? I don't, you know, I don't know if weight necessarily has is gender specific. <laughs> kind of hilarious but, line, though. Yeah, early on, uh, the, the Nakano gets the, gets the upper hand. She locks in what they call a Japanese pretzel. It's like an STF type hold. A big time DDT. I think we get a Harley chant. Going. I didn't pick up on that. So Heenan's going full McMahon at this point. He does for the rest of the night. By that I mean, no one do any got her. Just, just jumping yeah. the gun on every. You know, he got her. He got her. He got her. After every pinfall, this becomes a recurring theme throughout the night. Until the one time he goes, she didn't get her, which was fucking comedy gold. <laughs> I don't know if he set that up on purpose. Like, if he set that joke up 
just kept on saying, "Oh, she got her. Oh, she got her. She got it." Tony's like, "She, come on. She, you know, he doesn't get her every time." <laughs> and, then, then, and, and then he just goes, oh, "She didn't get her." Like, if, he, if that was like in his mind, he's like, "This is the joke I'm going to set up." Fucking hats off to him because that is comedy brilliance. Talk about playing the long game there. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. So we get German suplexes. We get pin attempts from both ladies. Sonny Ono grabs the sledge. Kind of prematurely goes for the bike. Um, I'm not sure what happened there at was the a, end here. It was yeah, a there suplex. Was a, mm-hmm. And I think Sonny, uh, so Bolnacano slaps a uh, belly to back suplex, a German suplex on Alundra Blaze. And I think the official uh, call is that uh, Medusa got her shoulder up. Mm-hmm. Winning the match, but it didn't seem like the ca- the camera. They, it's like they they sent the camera over to Sonny Ono next to the bikes. Right. It's really kind of a confusing ending. Well, that wasn't something that was, there. It was the yeah because I just wrote down there was a three count that wasn't a three count, and then all of a sudden Sonny Ono had the and I don't know who officially like in the rule books got the win in this match at all. Uh, it wasn't the fans. I can tell you that, but the. <laughs> Like it was, it was interesting because they go to Sonny Ono, and he's got the sledgehammer. He's ready to rock and roll, mm-hmm. and then all oh, the Medusa comes over and gets the the hammer from her, and he she starts whacking on the uh, the Honda. Tell him to get a Honda. Uh, so that was that wasn't bad. It it wasn't okay. Let me take that back. It wasn't necessarily good. It was kind of funny to watch her swing that uh, that damn what's it called the sledge. The sledge, yeah, it was kind of funny to watch her swing the sledge at the the bike, but it didn't seem like it was doing too much damage. She finally kicked the thing over, gave it a couple right. more good licks, and uh, mm-hmm. the crowd went wild for this. Right. I mean, it was okay. Yeah, it was fine. It was it was okay. Next, we get the Steiner brothers in the back. They're fucking around on a couple computers. We're encouraged to log on to CompuServe to chat with the brothers Rick and Scott and the other superstars of WCW. So right before that, did you see they had like a VHS glitch? Did you pick up on that? When they're going from the end of the Medusa smashing the bike segment to the Steiners playing on the on the online, did you see there was like a, a VHS glitch? I didn't catch that. Oh, it was... I caught it and it just hit me right in the feels. I was like, "Oh yeah, I love the VHS glitch. It's so good. It's so good." And then I was like, "What the fuck? It's twenty twenty-two. It's a second. Couldn't you edit this shit out? Get your shit together." But then I was like, "Oh no, I like the VHS glitch. <laughs> it makes me feel good. It makes me feel young again." Gives you that feeling of nostalgia, right? It's kind of like that when I was watching the when when I watch these pre-shows that, that some kind soul is uploaded onto YouTube from the VHSs, it yeah. takes you back. Yeah. That yeah, shitty video it... quality is just great. Yeah, man. It makes you feel young in your soul, even though you're still old in your pants. <laughs> young in your soul, old in your hole. Right. <laughs> At Hogwild! Hogwild. So... The Steiner's in the back. They're plugging the copy serve. Rick appears to be racing a car as he pounds on the keyboard. 
<laughs> Maybe laugh a little bit. Yeah. Uh, next up, we probably got the best uh, wrestling match on the card. We got Dean Malenko taking on the Crippler, Chris Benoit. And... What's going on at the beginning here? The mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart's following Malenko down. Is he trying to recruit him to the Dungeon of Doom? And if so, does Dean Malenko fit in the Dungeon of Doom? Okay. No, he's not recruiting him to the Dungeon of Doom. He's not. What's he doing then? He is telling Dean to take care of business against Benoit. He wants to take Benoit out because Benoit has been a thorn in the side of the Dungeon of Doom. And Jimmy's a, a Jimmy's a dungeoner, right? So he comes out to Malenko. He says, "Hey, Malinx, listen to me. If you kill him, there's a reward." And Malenko's like, "I don't give a shit about your reward. I'm the Ice Man." He's the Ice Man. So yeah, I, that's that is what I put together when I was kind of watching what was going on. I think they even made mention of it too that on the on the commentary team that Jimmy's trying to pay off Malenko for disabling or taken out Crispin Wah, so yeah I, I guess Jimmy Hart's giving out cruiserweight title shots they try and wrap that in he's giving out but Ray's the cruiserweight champion right Malenko lost it to him the week prior right so and I don't think Jimmy has any type of authority I don't think that he gets to decide who gets the shot and who doesn't yeah it was just kind of weird I bet I, I I pretty much bet that it's just like hey kill Crispin Wah. And there's a reward in it for you. An eggplant yeah. sandwich. Eggplant. <laughs> I don't like eggplant, baby. Baby. So, I mean, the Crippler, he's accompanied by the uh, the two devilish women's, Miss Elizabeth and woman. 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 We're looking fantastic. Yeah, but Liz still looks uncomfortable. <laughs> she looks a little more at ease this time. I think that's because there's a little bit more juice in her veins. <laughs> Bobby tells us to check out the gams on multiple occasions. I didn't know what gams were. I didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah. Uh, Are gams think... located up, up like in the chest area? Are gams on the backside below the equator? I'm not, I'm not 100% positive. Or is it just like a, an umbrella term? Gams can mean whatever you want it to mean. I did some research. On gams? No, not on gams. Okay. Can't can't find nothing on gams. I understand. And the 225 is the the weight limit for the cruiserweight title. 225 is the weight limit for the cruiserweight. Okay. So you're thinking Disco Inferno... Probably didn't deserve his title shot last time. No, Disco's got to be 240, I bet. I'm going to see what he's built at here. It's kind yeah, of a travesty that he's not. He is built at 240. <laughs> okay, you're right. <laughs> yeah, Hogwild. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a travesty he's not on this card, but, you know, when some, you, you lose some. This- Dusty's talking about. Repetendas again. In yeah, repetendas, of course. Who doesn't like a good repetenda? So, Benoit Malenko, do you think that this is the best match that we've seen so far this year? Oh, boy. 
So we're in August of 96 WCW. But as far as match quality, do you think that this is, this, this is the tops? It could be. It could be if you're just you looking thinking, for a straight wrestling match. I say, I think you think of maybe Malenko Ray. That was a great match. Ray and Psychosis was a great match as well. Mm-hmm. Those were a couple of my favorites thus far. But as far as the yeah, a wrestling clinic, this, I mean, they go to the twenty-minute time limit and then they go into double overtime. Yeah, just like my non-stop. first, my first, my first note is quality match my second note is this is amazing Mm. for as far as like like you said a wrestling clinic shit yes it is and i tell you hog wild didn't deserve this match (laughs) uh... it was so it was so fucking good and i haven't been able to say that about a lot of matches that we have covered especially in this this run of episodes but this match was so fucking good. I just that's the first time I've heard you say that all year. I know. I I you think I don't know? I know this, but this match, man. I'm t- listen to this. Fucking, there was a point where they went for a backslide, right? A backslide, and Malenko did a sunset flip counter out of it. I thought I was done. <laughs> I thought they finished me off right there, but they didn't. My hog was still going wild. Just kept I mean, it coming. The only like, okay. So bad parts of this match. Very few woman screaming bikes, revving and horns honking. Right. Outside of that, everything else in this match is, is perfect. It's, Perfect. Don't try and tell me it's not, because I'll yell at you. Uh, fuck, Swan Dive Headbutt? Tell me that's not a great spot. It's a wonderful spot. Love the spot. Fucking, uh, I won't, I'll say, this is going to be a problem, though. I wrote down Malenko T-Stone, and then I wrote question mark after that. What did I mean by Malenko T-Stone? Oh, he went for a tombstone. Fuck, you're right. He did. He did. It was it was a cross between a tombstone and like you know that tombstone slam thing that DDP. Yeah, it was kind of it was like a cross between those two. Yes, yes, man. And then, so I thought about this too during this match, and I don't know why they were on the outside. What do you think about doing a little landscaping around the ring? A little flowers and stuff like that. You think that would that play out? Like just just for the occasion here, yeah, just for the occasion. I could see like a fountain, maybe. Yeah, I, that was a I was bird thinking, baths, something like that. I thought just to you know class it up a little bit. There's nothing like I don't know. The release Germans, man. It was fucking Benoit put Malenko in the lion tamer. You fucking lion tamer. He put him in there, man. That's uh, what he, he slapped him in. He was right in there. Malenko did a tombstone. He did a fucking sunset flip out of a out of a backslide. Benoit did the lion tamer. There's nothing. I mean, I don't know. And then so they went to overtime, right? Mm-hmm. And the crowd's booing. Whoa! You guys are fools. They don't deserve that match. 
they go to overtime and I was like, oh shit. Yes. Like, okay, we get more. Cause I didn't know that they're going to institute an overtime situation. Mm-hmm. I've seen this event. It's been a long time. I've seen this event probably within the last three, four years, but they institute the overtime policy. I was like, oh shit, that's right. Overtime. And then they go to what a second overtime. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Second overtime. You know what I would have loved them to do? Third overtime. No winner. That would have been fine. Go to a, go to a third to overtime. Draw. Go to a fourth overtime if you need to, but get to a point in the match where neither man can stand because they've been fucking going so hard at Hog Wild this entire time. They just count them both down. Ten count them both down. You get a series of matches coming out of that, man. That was so good. I mm. fucking love this match. The crowd, fucking the fucking crowd booze. I hate that crowd. I like hate the it. crowd is bored of a, a they don't got the patience to I I don't get it. I mean these guys are putting on a show and um, Ben Benoit put Malenko in the leaf. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Everything was just everything was so perfect, man. It was such a good match. I believe Benoit match. gets the victory in double overtime, is that correct? Due to woman's interference. Yeah. That sucks. That's just Woman! so man. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against like interference finishes at all, but when you put on that good of a match, give me a clean cut winner or do the the whole no winner situation interference to the winner of that match. I think does the, the entire match a huge disservice. I understand that I can come back and be like, the only reason why you beat me, I took you to the limits and you had to have woman. You had to have woman, you know, interfere to for you to beat me. I understand that whole concept of it, but I think it's bullshit because what are you going to do? You're going to put woman and Liz in the cage over the ring and have Benoit and Malenko do a best two out of three falls match? They're not going to do that. You put them in a cage. They're not going to do that. Like it just it kind of shits on how good the match was. Mm. I agree. I would I would have been cool with the draw. The the finish doesn't surprise me. Anytime you see the devilish women's out there, they. They get their claws in the action somehow. Yeah. It's just a fucking shame of an ending. Wonderful match, though. Two of the, two of the best wrestlers ever. Just Again, getting done here. It was fucking amazing. Next up, you got you got any more any more praise for that one? I mean, I could I could certainly praise it some more, but I, we can move on if you want. Moving right along, we got the Steiners taking on the Harlem Heat for the tag team championships. <laughs> Fuck this! So <laughs> I'm going to jump in here. All as right. much as the, the bikers have been annoying this entire event, now the Steiners come in, and they're like, "Oh yeah, the Steiners are bikers like us." So they just go fucking ape shit on their horns and revving their engines. Love Oof. the Steiners. Oof. Yeah, junk. They they love the the Steiners, man. They don't love the Harlem Heat. The, no, they don't love the Harlem Heat. Which is, I mean, the Harlem Heat are the, the heels, so that's good. But that makes sense. I don't I don't like how excited the bikers were about the the Steiners. Mm. So apparently, Colonel Robert Parker and Sherry have worked out their differences and are back together. Yeah, no more fry pie. No more sa- side pie. So I think Harlem Heat. Are the champions coming into this? I believe. I think they took the title off of Sting and Luger 
okay. recently. So WCW is really gaining steam at this time. Just so much talent on the roster. There's a lot of yes. title changes we don't get to on these shows. But yeah, match between two of the two of the best teams of of the era here, two Hall of Fame tag teams. Yep. You know, the future big papa pump with his suplexes. The brain's loose as a goose at this time. Is <laughs> is his commentary just kind of keeps keeps going off the rails, but um Booker misses a kick. One of his famous Harlem kicks. And he gets the rope to the junk, which I thought was a creative, creative yeah, close, uh, close lined himself, creative Nards shot there. Yeah. And they turn the lights on in this match. Just getting dark. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they did. It's fine. Did you see when the bottle was in the ring? Did you catch this? When the bottle? Somebody threw a fucking bottle in the ring. What happened with the bottle? Pee Wee Anderson, as quickly as it was thrown in the ring, shuffled over and kicked it out in like a, like in a, I'm still refing the match. So you didn't even notice the bottle was in there. It was such a good job by him. Mm. He could have, he could have, he, yeah, he could have got a, gotten a job with Duke the Dumpster Drosy the way he was taking care of that trash. You know, let's give Pee Wee Anderson a moment of silence. Moment of silence for Pee Wee, are you sure? Pretty sure. All right, yep, moment of silence. So this is a decent match. Yeah, it's not bad. Well, it's Harlem and the Steiners. There's not many ways it can go bad until the ending. Yeah, we got another funny finish at the ending. So Colonel Robert and Sister Sherry both get up on the apron. They both got packets of powder of some sort. <laughs> one of them, one of them throws their their salt or whatever they got. Hits Harlem Heat guy by mistake. The other one hits a Steiner, and then I mean, Colonel Robert, he really lays into Scotty with that with that cane. It's a yeah, decent well, it's a decent shot. He's the rooster. He is the rooster. So Harlem Heat picks up the victory under uh, controversial circumstances. It's a common thread for a lot of these matches. Yeah. So usually when there is, you know, when there's a, a manager involved, there's going to be some sort of interference. Generally, yeah, a little bit. So th- I wrote this show is a good commercial for motorcycles. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, pretty much is. I mean, we get, uh, what do we get next? We get the sights and sounds. All right, we get the package with the, the, the trip that they took from the Mall of America right here in Minnesota over to Sturgis. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all right. It, so there is one spot though in the beginning of this video package, and they're just showing everybody like outside of the Mall of America, right, getting ready to to head out. And I am not positive. I'm gonna say I'm maybe eighty percent sure, but sitting in front of Medusa on her bike, I'm pretty sure is a dead woman. Did you see this? I saw that. 
Yeah, she's like 147 years old. Yeah, I thought and she's not. She's not moving. She has no. She has no. There should not be a. a shouldn't be a pride machine between her legs. I think it was her mom or her grandma or. I don't know. Do you let your mom or grandma? Do you let your mom or your grandma sit on your pride machine? I don't. I mean, I don't. Why? Right, well, someone might have her answer there. You think she's just a fan? What's she doing in the Mall of America parking lot at that hour? That's a good question. Yeah, she's going in to get some Auntie Anne's pretzels. Could be. Could, Could be. be. Could be. The the this video package going from the from MOA to Sturgis was kind of funny though. They showed butts, but like half butts. <laughs> they didn't show full right. butts. Yeah. Right. We got uh, a lot of weird shit going on on the streets and stuff like that. We got ladies flashing their bras and right. Uh, folks just having a just reveling out there in the sun in South Dakota, loving America. Yeah. yeah, I'm not really I'm not really interested in ever going to Sturgis ever. And I realized that this is what twenty fucking six years ago. Mm-hmm. But it didn't change me. Like it, I never had any interest. But see, this video package didn't make me go. You know, maybe I'll check it out because I'm not going to check it out. It's not my they, scene. What if they rebooted Hogwild? Would you go? Then I might go, yeah. Yeah. Next up, the U.S. titles on the line is the Nature Boy. Woo! 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 Takes on Eddie Guerrero. So the Nature Boy, fun fact, this is his sixth reign as United States champion. His last reign was way back in 1980, but he's got the, he's got the record not only for most world title reigns, but also for most U.S. title reigns. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. So, Eddie Guerrero, he's sporting a hell of a mullet. World-class mullet. Uh, there's some some real bad commentary by the brain, not making much sense, but basically he's saying that Eddie Guerrero cannot defeat Ric Flair because <laughs> he doesn't have the mental capacity that Ric Flair does. That's what he's going with. Uh, again, we got the ladies out there, and uh, we're supposed to check out the gams on them. I'm checking out them gams. Better believe the game guy, big game guy, flare the lighting the camera. Uh, says he's got 1200 cc's. Go ahead, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great line by him. His, his pride machine's got 1200 cc's. <laughs> <laughs> he's punching holes and holes. Uh, but the lighting sucks. I don't know if they were trying to adjust it or whatever, but it's almost they like were, they, yeah. they, they turned him out. It, the lighting for this sucks. And there was a spot early, and it looked like so. Eddie and Nate have had a couple matches at this point. Both of them are amazing competitors, mm-hmm. but Eddie kind of like goes for one of his. You know, you would see more in a cruiserweight style matchup, and he lands awkwardly, and Flair goes down, and Eddie just goes right to the outside. Looked like he hurt his leg, and Flair mm-hmm. looks like he hurt his wrist. So it was weird that I didn't know if it maybe was a spot that they they just took us like one misstep during the spot and both of them got jacked from it or what, what happened there? But that was a little, that was a little concerning. Yeah. There was a couple of moves that looked a little sloppy Joe. Yeah. But they served the purpose of like, you know, selling an injury. Right. Yep. So I've noticed that in a couple of Eddie matches that we've seen, there's been some really weird looking 
looks like it's a botch. Maybe it is. It's probably yeah. a backup plan of theirs if they botch something, just sell it, you know. So there's no yeah. way to know. Right. But Flair's Did, getting which, over big time here. Do you prefer because woman starts yelling again in this this one? Of course. She, she starts yelling real good. Now, do you prefer the bikes or woman screams? <laughs> the revving of the engine or the revving of the woman? You tell me. Mm. I'd say in short spurts, I'd take the, the scream in a woman. If it's just going to be a long, consistent room, room, I would take that over just a, a yell that doesn't end. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's yeah. tough to say. Neither are pleasant. Both are present. Right. You know? Uh, yeah, lots of biking noises in this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, this is a good match, man. They keep, they, this is the third, third or fourth real good match of the card. Yeah. Well, there was a spot in this that, you know, how you do the uh, kind of walk up the turnbuckle and do throw an arm drag. Oh, yeah. Eddie, Eddie did this, but he walked up the middle of the, ro- the ropes, right? He wasn't in the, the corner. He just goes, he walked straight up the ropes. Very, very uh, tough feet. They're known for their tough feet in that Guerrero family. And then we got a flare ass spot. Oh, man. <laughs> Big time flare ass spot. Yes. It gets, the, uh, it gets a big ovation for the ass spot. Well, of course. I Do mean, you think that fucking thousands of liquored up bikers aren't going to rev their engines for an ass spot? <laughs> I mean, this is 96, Ric Flair. Um, do you think this was a chick? Do you think he and he and HBK were sort of going back and forth simultaneously here? Or you think HBK just jacked that spot? I, part of me really thinks that he took he took the ass spot from Flair. Because come 97, fuck, Michael's ass is out all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying to trying to outdo the the man. You know, there's there's all the classic classic flare spots in this one. He does uh, he does his flopping. He does tells a woman in the front row after he's done, it's gonna be you and me tonight, baby. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, after the ass spot, we get a huge clothesline from the nature boy, and then he gets Eddie in the uh no, there's a few other so Eddie hits a frog splash, right? Yeah. That should have been it. Okay. But he he's like he's holding his leg, I think, from that spot you mentioned earlier, selling the injury, and then uh, Nate hits that big clothesline and gets him in the figure four for the pin. For the pin. For the pin. I know. I saw that. That was that was that was kind of a sweet ending. I didn't mind that. I wish I, I wish that woman wasn't involved, but I do like that ending. Eddie doesn't tap. It's fucking hog wild, man. Right. Hogs out. <laughs> so, yeah, woman is holding the nature's hog, giving him some extra leverage. Wait, he's not. He's not holding his hog. Oh, trying to slide a hog in there. I'm on to you. He's holding his arms. Checking out them gams, man. Yeah, checking out those gams, holding the hog. Uh, did so you like the that, first that, time? That- that finish was great, man. It you was like cool. That it yeah. was cool. It's the first time I've seen. 
5,000 matches in his career. So I'm sure it's happened before, but it's the first time I've seen it. Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So I like it. Uh, it's another, another real good one. I put this, it's not, it's not as good of a match. It's a different kind of match, obviously, but this is, you know, if the, if the last, if the, the match between Benoit and Malenko was not in the card, this would probably be my favorite. Yeah. So we get Mean Gene. He's in the bag with the jack. I hate this promo. And the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Did you see the mouth of the South tie? Yeah. And it had a picture of him and the Jai on it. That's, that's pretty sweet. You didn't like this, huh? I fucking hated this promo, man. He was, he came, he came to avenge his father because Hulk Hogan turned on his father. Right, that was the whole thing. They didn't yes. outright say he's Andre's son, but those are all the ways that they alluded to why he was there to take out Hulkamania. And now Hulkamania turns, and he grew up a Hulk Hogan fan. When this shit happened, he was the biggest Hulkamaniac as a kid, is what he says. Which what he says after when he first showed up, he's his he was mad at Hulkster. Because Hulkster was boning uh, Andre the Jai, and now this Jai all of a sudden was a fucking Hogan fan. Can we? Can we just? I mean, I don't under. I, Let me ask you this. Ask me, man. Just is, ask me. Is this a f- supposed to be a face promo? It seems like it is. Okay. Uh, because I'm guessing probably because he's still WCW. And, and Hulkster's now NWO, but the, it's, the it, line is really blurred here, man. Like it is. I mean, Dungeon of Doom—they've been the bad guys, yeah, for a while, right? I mean, shit. Are we just supposed to? Maybe he's trying to appeal to the other Hulkamaniacs who felt betrayed. That's probably what it was, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't good. But uh, it was what uh, within the last year that he shows up. And he hates Hulk Hogan. Right. Right. He hated Hulk Hogan from the minute he arrived. And he was trying to end Hulkamania. He was part of that alliance. Right. Right. But now, now he was the biggest Hulkamania fan of all time. Now that he's a bad guy, he doesn't like him. Right. He hated him before. Yeah, you're right. This doesn't make it, any it sense. Does, like, I don't, I don't like this at all, at all, at all. So I like that he says when he's talking about Hogan telling the fans to stick it, he says that he's going to be the one who's going to stick it. Yeah. He'll stick Hulkster. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and again, this is like, okay, is this a heel or a face thing? He, he says he's going to choke Hulkster till his eyes mm-hmm. pop out and he's mm-hmm. going to choke slam his neck all the way through the mat. And then he screams. Yeah. And then I mean, that's the end of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Jai's still trying to find his way, I think, here. Could be. It's a passionate promo. But it doesn't doesn't make a lick of sense, that's for sure. Mm-mm. Well, we got, I guess, would be the co-main event here, or the, the penultimate match coming up between the Outsiders, Saul and Nash taking on Luger and Sting. Recently, Hall and Nash had cost Luger and Sting the Tag Team Championship, as if they needed any more <laughs> heat between the two. Colin Nash had been been running hog wild, hog wild. Just attacking guys, Lon Dart and Mysterio, yeah. taking out Double A. Take them out. Show them your hog. I mean, 
<laughs> uh, first time I've heard the classic WCW theme. Coolest theme going at this time. I mean, they come out first and then the man called Sting hits. I'm like, man, man called Sting's got nothing on the NWO theme. <laughs> no, and he's wearing that fucking bandana. Sting looks weird as shit. <laughs> yeah, he's got what the bright orange face well, ma- face paint get up right why is he wearing a fucking bandana he does this and he does that man he's tough as a bull and fast as a cat <laughs> so he gets some fireworks going during sting's entrance I mean that's cool. Uh, again, we sure. get the we we get the bit with the lights again. It's like they turn the lights up and then they turn them down. They're kind of fucking around with them, right? Yeah. Until towards the end of this match, they finally have them up and leave them up. But this fucker starts out slow, man. I mean, there's a cool spot early on when Hall goes goes all Razor Ramon and passes the toothpick at Luger, like that. Right. What about the rock paper scissors to see who starts the match with the outsiders? That was that was pretty tasty as well. I like that. I I, I think that's real tasty. They did <laughs> they did a two out of three. Is it Nash Nash spit on the stinger? The stinger st- he spit on. Sting Sting spit on Nash. That's a real asshole move. Yeah, continuing to blur the line here. So, yeah, no, I mean Luger and Hall start this thing out. Nothing really happens, and then Nash gets in and says he wants a piece of the stinger. And that's when the stinger spits at Nash. Uh, announcers remind us that WCW is number one. I guess they are at the time. I mean, it's always been Shivani's thing to just plug how good the product is. Yeah. But you look at this compared to the Federation at the time, they, they're they cooking pretty good. Yeah, I got some pretty good cooking. I mean, the, the, the talent is... The talent is superior for sure. They got a pretty deep, yeah, pretty deep uh, talent pool. So Stinger dominates for a while, and uh, Brain. I don't know if it's by accident or if he's being a heel like he like he does, but he starts rooting mm-hmm. for Hall. <laughs> he, <laughs> he abruptly apologizes, and he's like, "Oh, Tony, you know what I mean." And Tony's like, yeah. <laughs> So he's bringing his chastised throughout the rest of the match for cheering for the <laughs> cheering for the, the the NWO by mistake, right? Um, I don't know. Not a not a great match. Kind of slow. Uh, there's a few good spots, I guess. I mean, we get a big boot, right? right. Yeah, we get a attempted razor's edge, which gets reversed and then I mean the end of this thing we got uh, kind of big news Luger gets a torture rack locked on wait 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 don't don't go to the don't go home yet okay right. well, what, what you got Sting does his patented falling headbutt to the Buells Oh, he does. Of course. He how, does. how how come nobody ever talks to him about that being illegal? I think it's always after he takes a blow, right? So it's just a natural momentum is taking his 
you think it's a you think the ball bag it's an accident is what you're telling me yes so it's okay if it's an accident right okay so what about if it's reflexes i think the same applies okay that's good to know because it's a falling headbutt right to the crank right right in there right it was a forehead to the foreskin <laughs> it was it was a dome to the dome right yeah so you know you're getting it <laughs> you got anything else on this one before the big finish no i mean it was it was fine i actually i didn't i didn't necessarily dislike this match it uh it had me for whatever reason i was i was into it i enjoyed it it wasn't it wasn't fast pace or anything like that. It wasn't giant spots and not all match needs those or not all matches need those things. So it, for what it was, man, I, I was okay with it. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I mean, we get some, some extra intrigue here. So Luger goes for a torture rack and I think he, he hits Nick Patrick, knocks him out of the way. And then Nick Patrick retaliates by, Hitting a kind of a chop block onto onto Luger, oh, Luger's yeah. leg, and then Hall gets the pin for the victory on a fast count. Yeah, that that finish was. I I like what they were doing in theory, but it kind of sucked the way that it was set. It was set up because Pat, Patrick got hit by uh, you know uh, when Luger put him in the rack. Patrick got hit in the face with a foot, and he kind of sold his eye a little bit, but it wasn't like in position to drop down and hit him with that chop block to the knee. So it was, it was, I mean, it was clearly obvious that Patrick went for the chop block to the knee. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just, I, I think, I think it could have looked better. I think what they maybe should have done or maybe was planning on doing and just didn't execute it was when Luger picked up hall for the torture rack. When he picked him up, he should have spun him hitting Patrick in the face with Hall's foot. Patrick grabs his face, bounces off the ropes, drops down, chop blocks Luger. So it's one motion, right? It's one fluid type of a situation, but it didn't happen here. Patrick grabbed his face, kind of sold for a little bit. uh, You know, he got hit in the the face and then turns and then chop blocks. So it was, it was not, it was not as fluid as it could have been. So I like it. I don't mind it in theory, but the application was pretty horrible. Hmm. Yeah, Nick Patrick will go on to become a full-fledged NWO member here as we go along. Kind of, kind of an itch. It's like a dangerous Danny Davis type of thing on a larger scale. Yeah, man. But you got to say like spoiler alert. I think before you say those type of shits. Okay, maybe I'll cut that out of the. You say spoiler alert. (laughs) Nick Patrick. We get a plug for the uh, spoiler alert here. We get a plug for the Fall Brawl War Games. Looking forward to that show. Yeah, hell yeah, War Games. Yeah, that'll be good. Well, next up, we got the the moment we've all been waiting for, the world title match, where the Jah is going to be defending his title against the newly christened Hollywood Hulk Hogan. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. Uh, Michael Buffer, he must have signed like a three-year contract with WCW or something because he... Gets on the mic here. Really gets the bike. Bikes making some noise. Yeah, that was fucking stupid of him. <laughs> so this is the Hulkster's first match as Hollywood Hogan. It is. Uh, when he walks Looks a down. a little it, uncomfortable when he comes out. 
I was gonna. I was exactly what I was just gonna say. It doesn't look like it looks like he's almost trying to walk to the ring differently, but it doesn't. It just doesn't work. He just. It looks like he's just walking like a straight man walked down to the ring. You know what I mean? Like no, no character. No, he just walks straight to the ring. It was very awkward. It was awkward seeing him be Hulkamania going into the ring with all the charisma that he did for how many years, and then here's this new character. And he just walked straight to the ring. It wasn't, there wasn't much to it. That, that was just, he definitely didn't find that character quite yet at this point. We haven't talked about it yet, so we might as well get to it now. So the advertising for this show had the Hulkster in his red and yellow. Red and yellow, yeah. And there, there's another feature that you, you caught. There's another right? feature that I caught? Yeah. What did I catch? You texted me about this. I told you about it. It's bell time backwards. Oh man, I'm a genius sometimes, but sometimes I forget. You just forgot about that, huh? He wore he has belt on backwards. You just, I told well, you about this. You told me about this. Yeah, I told you about this. I don't know who else is going to be talking to me about fucking <laughs> the Hulkster's belt. <laughs> Interesting. But I just I, texted you. I thought He's you told me about that. It seems like I would have. But I mean, all right. So Hulkster's the advertised guy in the red and yellow. So we're gonna yes. have a lot of confused people here. So this is cheering for the Hulkster. This is something that I think was touched on on the Bischoff podcast. Might have been the Shivani podcast. I don't remember. But they Maybe he's so the one they, who told me about the backwards belt. <laughs> it could have. So they, I guess they had to do a lot of like going and meeting with the mayor and all this kind of hoops to get this this program you know to be able to be had there at sturgis and i'm thinking maybe part of that was in fact having hulkster in his red and yellow because if you go around town and you see red and yellow hulkster right you want to go to the bat or not the bash you want to go to the you want to you want to have your hog out so i think that's part of it yeah yeah this nwo deal is a new thing you know, and the planning for this event happened before the turn, I'm sure. But well, long story short, yeah. the Hulkster gets a big pop. Um, yeah, and see, I, th- I think that's because the people, the majority of the people there probably aren't regular fans. Right. I, I think like, they're probably less than casual fans because they're not connected to the product enough to know that, guess what? He's a bad guy now. He called you all trash. Mm-hmm. Brain calls him scum, and Tony says, for once tonight, you're right, Brain. He was right when he said that she didn't get her. Okay. Yeah, Shivani, they, they don't give the Brain enough credit. Nope. Except we get who Michael Buffer's dubbed the most dangerous man on planet Earth. The giant. He almost Tony did Biden. go. He almost did go with the Jai, too. But the giant. He didn't add the T, man. He never got to the T. No, there is no T in Ja. The Jaya. Jaya. (laughs) I guess paid the big bucks. Yeah. So by default, the Giant's supposed to be the good guy, I guess. Yes, he is. Uh, This one starts out very slow as well. Well, this is just a, this is a, probably the second 
biggest rest rest hold match that we've ever covered, if not the biggest rest hold match that we've ever covered. Oh, it's it's absurd. Luger, Zuda, Survivor Series ninety three, or this? That one was longer. Was that Survivor Series? Long... Or Su- SummerSlam, my bad. SummerSlam, SummerSlam yeah. yeah. That one, they gave Luger like 25 minutes. I think this one's like 15 or so, but still, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we were spared 10 extra minutes of fucking tests of strength. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get 10 extra minutes of fucking at Hog Wild. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're not wild. <laughs> I mean, we get a big back suplex by the Jai getting himself out of a headlock. And that was the high spot. That was the high spot. Heenan says he likes Hogan's style. How do, what do you think if, if Heenan would have been the fourth man? Do you think that would have been anything? No. Or do you think him aligning with Hogan just would never happen? That would never happen. I like the fact that he kept to the hatred of Hogan throughout the heel. He always hated Hogan, right? Throughout all their time in the Federation together. This happens. He still hates Hogan. Like it's, it, it makes, it makes perfect sense. Now he's still a heel commentator because he still shits on the faces and every other match, but Hogan comes out and he still shits on Hogan. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really necessarily pump up your face, but he still shits on Hogan, which is, is fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. It was around this time at uh, during the rest hold extravaganza that we get a Hogan chant. Extravaganza. And what do you think of that test of strength? These guys sold it pretty good, but it was, uh, yeah, just rest hold city I got written here. So the fans were really cheering for the Hulkster in that test of strength, which again leads me to believe they don't, they don't keep up with the product, obviously. That was a hell of a test of strength. That was as far as test of strengths go. That that might be the 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 high mark, but still, it's a test of strength, right? It's it it's it's a it's not anything special. It's not anything that you're going to necessarily remember. You're not going to look back and be like, oh man, remember that test of strength? It doesn't happen. I like but seeing was, the test of strength. It's not a bad spot, but I mean, among rest holds, this is just kind of another rest hold. They made it look good. They made it look good. They didn't make it look poor, but it was still a rest hold. It was still, it was fitting for the match because it was a match that was a rest hold clinic. So, so he rips him, butts. Well, I was, gonna, I was gonna say he rips him down by his hair, the jai, and right. I, I don't find that to be like super believable because he is a jai. He's leaving his feet too early. Right. Yes. That's a great point. I mean. It's supposed to be a big task to take down the Jai, right? And there's a couple of spots in this match. That's one. There's another where Hogan just grabs his – Hogan's on the outside and just grabs his legs and the Jai hits the deck. Yeah. So like, this is this is the the biggest man in the world. Right. The most dangerous person on the planet. The Giant. The Jai. Yeah. So – yeah, no, you're absolutely right there. I think that's a great point to to make. Is that especially with a guy that size, he's the jai. Don't leave your feet that easily ever. I don't care yeah, who you're fucking. I don't care if you're working with Hulk Hogan. I don't give a fuck who you're working with. You're that. You're the jai. Don't leave your feet that easy and that often. 
After the Jaggets uh, backbreaker misses an elbow, Hogan gets the upper hand, and then the Giant hulks up. <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing he was expecting to get a big reaction from the, the bikers there at Sturgis, but that did not happen. No. But the Giant does a whole hulking up thing. He, he uh, hits him with some blows. It's a big boot. And then the outsiders show up. And they mean business. So, long story short, here Nash hits the Jai with the megaphone. Hogan gets the title. Yeah, pretty much. The, the like, there's not a ton to dissect with the match itself, just because of the amount of the rest holds that were in there. I think the best mm -hmm. point that could have been made about the match is the one that you made: is that Jai is just he shouldn't be going down that easy and that often in the match. Just mm -hmm. period. We get a special treat, and the Booty Man comes out with the birthday cake. Oh, booty! Booty, booty, booty! Booty, booty, booty! Oh, Hulkster, he just won the title. Gets on the mic and says, Booty Man, what a surprise! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I just thought that, that line was hilarious. Booty first, Man, what a surprise! First thing he says on the mic. Uh, meanwhile, the Giants taking a serious nap in the ring during this. <laughs> Big time nap. It's got it's, it's at least five minutes left in the show here, and he's just out. He so and he. I had an issue with that too because he sold that that megaphone hit like somebody shot him in the fucking head. Mm -hmm. When what was it? A couple months ago, he took was it three Hulk Hogan atomic leg drops and then sat up like the Undertaker. And that megaphone knocked right. him clear out like he's done. They really, they, they, I don't know, that that part of this match, like this wasn't a great match or anything like that, but it was one thing that was really going to bother me. It was how much they minimized Jai. Mm. Right. So Booty's in there. He's talking about the NWO and how his friendship with the Hulkster and Hulkster talks about wiping out the WCW and not mixing business with pleasure. The big old buildup where he says that three, four times, and then they proceed to kick the booty man's ass. <laughs> and they hit him with the world title. Yeah. And then at this point, there's a fair amount of trash being thrown in the ring, which would become kind of common fare for the NWA NWO, NWO yeah. at this time. Yeah. And the big spot here, they spray paint the title. It's officially the NWO world title. Yeah. That was that was interesting. That was uh, that was perfect. Never for, seen anything like that. That was perfect for them to do. The heels come out and fucking just completely shit on the tradition of big gold, man. That was uh, that was that was pretty wild, especially for the time. Yeah, this wraps up the show here. I mean, pretty good show. Yeah, not like so. To like the, the only way it could have really been better is if they had it inside of, uh, I don't know, arena without a bunch of fucking bikes around honking their horns and revving their engines. And no, you hated the bike community that much, man. Hey, I don't hate, I don't, <laughs> I don't hate the bike community. All right. I just don't think that having a, I don't think that this is the proper setting for a wrestling event. That's fair enough. Hate the bike community. You're some piece of work. <laughs> so the NWO is continuing to, I mean, they got the world title now. 
outsiders got the victory. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're running wild, they're road wild, or hog wild. This is the only hog wild actually. They got a couple more of these out in Sturgis, and they're called road wild. How do you suppose yep. that is? Uh, trademark infringement, copyright infringement, something like that. They got they got in a little bit of hot water because uh, Harley has like a Harley. I think it's like a Harley ownership group or something like that. Harley owners group. But they called hog, you know, H O G. So I think that's I think that's what it is. I think Nobody Bishop, else can go hog wild. No, Bishop did a piece on it. I think for his podcast, where he talks about why they had to stop calling it hog wild, which I was hoping it was just going to be because you know people call their cranks their hogs. Maybe right. that was that was going to be it, but that that wasn't it. Is Unfortunately, crank, is your crank going wild for this show? Yeah, man, wild, hog wild. <laughs> I got my pride machine is pumping for this show. I, I really enjoy it. It's an enjoyable show outside of the, like, the all just all the bikes, man. It was just too much. The horns and the bikes, that part. Of, mm. Like, a crowd can wreck a, wreck a fucking event pretty easily. And then those dumb sons of bitches, Boo, Chris Benoit, and uh, Dean Malenko, those assholes. I just, it, it was fine. It was, I liked the event. I didn't like the crowd. So where are we going from here, big guy? We, you son of a bitch, are going. Hop on our, hop on our, have our pride machines hop on our hogs and head to Clash of the Champions. We get to do another Clash of the Champions. All right. What are we up to now? 34? 33. 33. All right. And this is August 15th. So is it five days later? Five days later. Yep. I think it's five days the following later. Thursday. He's got so, to really get into work. Oh, getting God. to work. You got to get to work, man. You just had the, the, the most shocking heel turn in wrestling history. Mm-hmm. Fucking, you better hit you better hit the road, man. Make like it worth worthwhile. Getting busy. Getting busy at Hogwild. So uh, we got, uh, looks like opening match is Ray versus Dean. Oh, that's going to be a five-star. Absolutely. VK versus Jimmy Duggan. Probably a one, maybe two star. All right. Well, I mean, get your hog out because next up, Conan versus Ultimo Dragon. Ooh. We give that one four and a half hogs. Okay. Now the next one is Medusa versus Bolnacano. So if you put your hog away, pull it back out. Medusa, Nakano. What do you think? I th- I think I'm I'm. I think my hog's going wild for Nakano here. All right. I like that. Next up, we got Eddie Guerrero versus Diamond Dallas Page. Ooh, that's going to be a good one. Right? Keep your hog out because next up is the Jack versus Chris Benoit. Hmm. Yeah. Jai versus Benoit. That ought to be an interesting one. We got Harlem Heat with, you know, Sister Sherry and the Rooster, Robert Parker. Robert Andy. Against, uh, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Hold on here, hold on. Triple threat tag team match. Triple threat. Harlem Heat with Sister Sherry and the Rooster, Colonel Robert Andy Parker. Against the Steiner brothers, but it's just, it's Rick and Scott Steiner. Not uh, any of the other. Steiners 
And then Sting and Luger. Mm. Triple threat match. That's, that's, I mean, that sounds like it could be good. Yeah, a lot of talent in there. And then uh, the main event, we got Ric Flair. Woo! With woman. Woman. And Miss Elizabeth. Go up against Hollywood. Hulk Hogan. This is this a title versus title match? Uh, no. No. It's just as for, for the world title, yeah. Title versus title sounds pretty sexy, though. It should have been. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It should have been. But it I mean, sounds like a fun, fun. I, and, yeah. you know, the last clash we watched was actually pretty fucking fun to cover, so. Right. I liked, uh, I liked the last clash as well. Yeah. I got the NWO in the mix, turning it all up. Yeah. So, uh, yes. Season's starting to get fun after a slow start. Yeah. A lot of fun. So, you got any closing thoughts on the on, on the hog wild? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little disappointed in our uh, amount of genitalia jokes. I mean, it was hog wild, and that that's there's. There's a lot of jokes in the basket. I think we left money on the table there. But overall, I think this event was fucking fantastic. I really enjoyed the event. Uh, thank you for tuning in here. You're up and roll. Got Ben, your host, Duke Bags. Ha ha, wild! Kevin Roo. Get to get your hogs out, go hog wild, and we'll catch you next time. Get your hogs out! Slide one in there! Woo! 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 Woo!